Hey everybody and welcome to the Because of Jesus podcast. I believe this is episode 5, um, so thanks for joining us. Had a lot of uh, new subscribers and new viewers, and so uh, thank you guys for doing that. Be sure to, if you haven't already, um, subscribe to this podcast, whether it's on Facebook or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, be sure to subscribe and like and uh, leave us a review. Um, also tell a friend about it and uh, let them uh, do the same thing. Uh, we've had a lot of good traction, a lot of good yeah. feedback. Um, Pastor had uh, his friend Chris Kilgore the last two episodes, had Russell, and uh, I'm back for episode five. So, so yeah, if you would greet the people, Pastor. Yeah, it's good to have you back, by the way. Um, Pastor Russell did an awesome job. Yeah, it was really, really good. good. That we've got people wanting him to preach. I think that opened some eyes of our people. Uh, Russell has the word hidden in his heart. He, yeah. He's a good speaker. And then also having Chris. Um, Chris is, I, I say, my favorite theologian. He has a he knows the word, but he has a different mindset. And it's always tender to people, meaning that he's not trying to be religious with it. He's trying to let the Word of God speak for itself to love people and see people redeemed, which is which is the heartbeat. It should be the heartbeat of every yeah. every minister. So yeah, it was incredible yeah. to see. I mean, it was a one day we recorded in two parts. Um, I sat right back there the whole time, and it was just yeah, um, just, just flowed. It was it was it yeah. was awesome. So if you haven't listened to if this is your first one, and you haven't listened to our previous ones, um, be sure to go back on our YouTube channel or on our uh, Palmetto Street Church of God podcast. You can search that anywhere where you listen to podcasts and find that. You can also find our uh, kind of little plug here. You can find our Sunday morning messages and yeah. our Wednesday night messages. And Pastor Steve Bird just started last night. Um, he just started a. Um, uh, an end times, uh, series and study on that. So, uh, that is posted to our podcast platform as well. So you can find those. Very practical, though, very practical series of influencers and those who are being influenced. Uh, very practical. It's good stuff. So let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to kick back off with Esther and, um, and so, yeah, where, where are we starting in Esther today? I know we ended on Esther 2 on the last podcast. And really it was about the favor of God on Esther's life. We really talked about God's favor and how God positioned things behind the scenes. When you jump into chapter 3, chapter 3 is really lining up what's to come. And there are two very famous quotes in chapter 4, which we'll touch on briefly today. One is where, uh, for such a time as this, mm-hmm. we'll mention that. And also, Esther makes a statement later that if I perish, I perish. But there is going to have to be some walking to her to that moment. She's she's not eagerly, neither would I have been, um, wanting to get there. And so what happened, Johnny, just to jump into it, from chapter 2 to chapter 3, we understand that Mordecai overhears a plot to assassinate the king. And he warns the king. And a mean Persian king or a Persian king there, I would expect to read in chapter 3 how the king prospered Mordecai and how he blessed Mordecai with gifts. But that's not what happens. In fact, it's the opposite. An evil man comes into position, what I would feel, in place of Mordecai. And so if you're not careful there, if you're reading scripture, you will almost get the mindset of, of God, did you miss it? You know, because really Persian kings in history tells us that they just shower people with gifts that, that look out for them. But it's almost like Mordecai is overlooked. But if you if you stop there, it's a bad taste in your mouth. But we know in chapter 6, it's just that the timing is not right, that mm-hmm. God is working out of a timing that will be so much beneficial and it will bless Mordecai. And so with that, what happens is that Mordecai, Haman comes to power, and Mordecai and Haman, they, they collide, so to speak. And when it happens, Mordecai does not bow down uh, to Haman, and it offends him. 
And so Haman goes to the king and he makes up this, this, um, uh, some things on these people, this group of people, the Jews, uh, he, he would say to them that these people keep to themselves, they have their own laws and they refuse to obey the king. With that, Haman convinces the king, this, I want to thank out of touch king, um, to allow him to destroy these people. And he even said, I will pay you to let me destroy these people. But the king says, no, there's no need for that. I'm paraphrasing here mm-hmm. to quickly get there. And so what happens is that now Haman has the authority of the king. The Bible said that he will send writers and dispatchers throughout the kingdom saying on a certain day, the people that are standing against the king, the Jews, that they would be killed, that you have the right to kill these people. And what I like about this too is the Bible said that they even cast lots. Proverbs says that even God is behind the lot that is cast. Mm-hmm. And so it fell on the 11th month. And so what it was, it was on the 11th month that all the Jews will be killed by the backing of the king from the people. Well, Mordecai is a Jew, and also the queen to the king is also a Jew. When Mordecai hears this, he's moved to tears. In fact, he goes to the gate, the Bible said that he fasted, uh, he, he, he wept, he expressed his emotions, and even put burlap on himself. When the the queen hears this, uh, she doesn't know what knows what is going on. So what she does is uh, she sends clothes to him. And says, Get up! You're embarrassing the family. What are you doing? And um, but she didn't know the behind the scenes story. So what had happened there? He refuses that, of course, and he sends word to her. And this is where I want to get to today. So when he sends word to her, and I, I really struggle with this, Johnny, because I didn't understand how the queen did not know the decree or the edict. And I asked Chris about this. I said, Chris, why? And Chris said, yeah. this was good. You want to speak I, to this? Yeah, I, heard, I, I was on in your office when he said it. He said uh, to basically just send, uh, why would they know? Yeah. Why would, She's why would the women know? She's yeah. a woman. Yeah, she's just a queen. Yeah. Now, that, so, so, are, so are you saying that you're against women? That's what you ask him. Like, yes. like, like, you, your, uh, your response to him was like, Chris, you better, you better check. He's like, what'd you just say? Yeah, because I, I know his thoughts. His daughter's a minister, and I knew his thoughts. But what he was trying to say was put it in context of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, this man had an appetite uh, for, for flesh. He had many wives and concubines. Um, the queen was really uh, not for military strategy or political advice. Yeah. And so she should not have known. And so Chris, that was great, great wisdom in his part. But she's about to know. Yeah. And this is where I want to teach us for a few moments. She's about to be accountable to the moment, just like many of us. You know, sometimes we can sit on the sidelines because we don't know. But when the word is opened up to us or injustice is opened up to us or if things against humanity is brought to our attention, we cannot sit back in the comfort zones of our palace. The queen, and I like the word here, was insulated in her palace. She was away from the hurt, away from the pain, away from the evil that was about to be presented to destroy the people of God, which by the way, she is. Um, and so she's, she's out of touch by design, but God is about to providentially put her right in the middle of the fire, right in the middle of the battle. And she's the one with privilege, power, and position to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You want to add here? Sure. Um, I just go back thinking like that she's in this position when she shouldn't have been in the first place. Yeah. Um, to where she... She didn't know what was happening, but then she starts to be put into this place where she does know what is happening. I think back to like what Chris said as far as why would she know? Um, I think back to like, you know, just think about our wives and when we do ministry, you know, we we keep them in the loop of, yeah. of everything. Um, and so to think back, how would she not know what the news was happening 
yeah. um, in this in this time. Um, you know, they were they were second. He, I think he used the word second class citizen sure. culturally. Yeah, yeah, culturally to where they they wouldn't know. It's about to change. Though. Yeah, exactly. It's about to change. Even though she's insulated in the palace, Mordecai, who raised her, all this is providentially, of course. This is a sovereign hand of God. Mordecai is about to tell her, and this is where we want to, we want to close with our next 10 minutes here. Mordecai now petitions her to, to do something. And first, she did not know. Now she's accountable because she knows now. And Mordecai basically says to her, you can't play it safe here. She initially pu- pushes it off. And the reason that she does this... Uh, she, she wants to let him know that, first of all, I didn't know about this. Two, um, I can't just walk in the king's presence. I mm-hmm. have to have an invitation. If I go, even though he's my husband, if I go into his presence without an invitation, I, I, I could be killed. You mm-hmm. understand? And then she makes a statement that I think we often overlook. She said, he hasn't called for me in 30 days. Now, not to get crude here, not yeah. to get off color, but, but she's saying he's, he's not asking for me. He has a lot of things he can ask for. He's not asking for me right now. Has she lost favor? I don't know. Uh, but he's not calling every night anymore. Mm-hmm. So she's letting Mordecai know, I know you want me to do something, but what can I do? I'm a woman. I am his queen. I need an invitation. He's not calling for me. I, I don't know what you are expecting of me at this moment, but Mordecai does not let her off the hook. And I think this is so good here. Mordecai is saying, listen, and he pushes her here. He pushes her and he comes back with these thoughts here. He says, first of all, you think you can sit this one out. You cannot sit this out because on the 11th month when they start doing harm to our people i won't remind you you will not escape this they may not know who you are yet but they will eventually know mm-hmm. child you are a jew too yeah you might be the king's wife somebody, you might be the, go, somebody's gonna rat her out oh uh, somebody it's coming <laughs> one of her own people and even a conversation here it comes out with the witness, witnesses here but he was letting her know you're not going to sit this out and i want to say this in 2023 there are things around us that we cannot sit out we've got to lend our voices uh, use our influence and let the anointing do what it needs to do and what it always does in breaking the yoke and the things that bind because God is positioning us for the right time with the right message of Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forevermore. And so we can't sit this out. He, he said to her, you can't sit this out. Two, speak please. But two, he said, uh, even though you want to sit this out, you, you cannot. But also, I want to let you know that if you don't do what's right, God will raise up somebody else. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it was not saying that God missed it in his sovereign plan. And it's not saying that God doesn't need her, but it is Mordecai reminding her that God's will will come to pass and God's not going to let his people fall here. And if you try to sit this out, God will find somebody somewhere. Saul, if you don't want to obey God, there is a shepherd boy on the backside of a field somewhere that is singing my praises at this moment. I'm talking about Saul of the Old yeah. Testament. Saul, if you don't want to kill Agag, if, if, if you want to out, uh, sidestep your calling and step into somebody else, if you want to disobey God, God is going to raise up somebody else that has a heart for God and that would do what God's called them to do, which for David would be shepherd and lead God's people. That's powerful. You're a Jew. 
but also God will raise up somebody else. And then my favorite part of this, he speaks to her, he said, and and Esther, just maybe, verse 14, Mm -hmm. just maybe that this is no accident. Just maybe, just maybe that God is raising you up for such a time as this. All that you have gone through, all the pain of your life, all the things of losing your parents, being raised in my home as an orphan, being a child of captivity, being a foreigner in a strange land, being the minority, all these things, even the beauty that is natural beauty, God-given beauty that is on your life, just maybe it was not chance, happenstance, an accident, but maybe it was the hand of God bringing you to this moment. You're made for this moment for such a time as this. Is that not awesome? Mm. I'm preaching a little bit. No, I, no. I don't, I, but this, this is nice. <laughs> look, look at our lives. Was it was it chance that we met when you were a young young teenager? Maybe even before you were a teen. I'm not sure there, but you were yeah. young. Yeah. Was it chance that I preached that night and you gave your heart to the Lord that night and our ministries have been intertwined? Uh, your first job, part-time. And I couldn't afford you, but part-time <laughs> at that time. Um, but all this, and, and if people knew our story, I, I recommend to you for this church. Yep. When I wasn't, I wasn't even the pastor of this church, mm-hmm. but I felt like you, you would fit here great. That's the providential hand of God. Amen. And so Mordecai is almost screaming at her. This is not an accident. You were made for this moment. And so now she's got to do something. And let me, we'll close here. And so she gets it. She goes, all right, I'll step up and I'll do something. She makes a statement. Uh, King James, I'm not sure how it presents, but the translation I've been studying, she said, I'll go. And if I perish, then I'll perish. That is that courageous spirit that I feel like is needed inside of the body of Christ today to stand up and lend our voices to what is right and righteous, to say we're going to push all our chips to the middle of the table. We are all in. Whatever it costs us, I can't sit on the sidelines anymore for such a time as this. I've been convinced that I'm made for this moment. I am convinced that if I try to sit it out, it will affect my children in the future. So I have no choice. There is this pushing. There is this pulling. There is this this fire. There is something that the Holy Spirit is doing on the inside to remind me that this is my moment. This is my time. I've got to stand up and say, you know, that there is life inside of the womb of a mother. Just using yeah, that by yeah. example. You know, we, we we can't let our children continue to walk in confusion and chaos. No, there is still absolute truth. Yeah. You know, we can love people, and we do that here with no reservation or rocks in our hands, but loving people is telling them the truth, Johnny. Yep. You know, and so this is our moment, and this is our time. And so for such a time as this, when God needs somebody to lead his people, he'll raise up a Moses. When God needs handfuls on purpose, he'll have Boaz instruct his servants. (laughs) When God needs a forerunner, he'll raise up a John the Baptist. And when God needs letters to the church, he'll have Paul to sit in a jail cell with a pen. And while he is chained up to a soldier, the Bible said he was not chained away from the word of God. The word of God was free to him. And he began to write letters to instruct the church on how to to move as the, the, the first Timothy and second Timothy, for God's not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He's writing that while he was in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. 
God will always raise up a man or a woman for such a time as this. Yeah. We just have to make up our minds to do so. Like a lot of times we have that same, we know, we know, I talked to teenagers about this. We know what we're supposed to do, just what Paul said. We know what we're supposed to do, but we don't do it. Yeah. Um, We know how we're supposed to act, but we don't act that way. Um, But it has to take that change in our mind to where we say, okay, I'm going to stop doing everything that I've been doing. Yeah. And, move forward with what God wants me to do. And I think that's what she had to do there. Like, hey, I could just sit back and, and take this. But Mordecai tells her, no, that you were made for this time. Made for it. Like, it'll raise somebody else up, yes, but this is your calling. This is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, and you know, when Mordecai makes that statement, um, is he convinced of it? I hope so. Um, <laughs> um, maybe so, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds good. It's, it's good preaching, but I think he was trying to push her. And I want to go back to this. She was insulated, not of her, no fault of her own. Um, and she deserved every blessing that came to her because of her life. Um, she was positioned there by God. But when the moment of accountability came to her to do something, she didn't play it safe. I want to encourage those who will watch this. You only have one life. Your time is passing you by. Today, seconds. I can get more money today. I can't get more time. Mm-hmm. Don't play it safe. There's going to come a moment for all of us that we've got to say, I'm all in for the kingdom of God and the giftings I have, the anointing I have, is not for popularity or for me to prosper in ministry, but it's for the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. 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 If you guys enjoyed today, be sure to uh, hit like and subscribe and all that good stuff we mentioned previously. If you joined us a little later, um, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, share it with a friend, and uh, we will plan to be back next week um, starting on Wednesdays. Uh, We're a little little later this week, but uh, Wednesdays at 11 o'clock. Uh, we plan to drop this every week. So yeah. Let me plug this. Now, next week also, too, uh, we're going to show you how the Word of God, how your enemies sometimes will bless you, and how God will use your enemies to set up your blessing. Because uh, Haman will eventually <laughs> speak the words that will be the blessing over Mordecai's life. And then we'll see that God was not late in chapter 2. He was right on time in chapter 6. There it is. Yeah. Well, so we'll see you guys next week with that uh, anticipation in mind. And uh, be sure to uh, join us Sunday mornings as well, uh, live on YouTube, our Facebook page, and our website at pscog.org. And you can hear more about Esther in this current series that we're in. And uh, so thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys next time.